You are listening to Concert Blast. This is Mike Arnold along with, well, actually, it's along with by myself because we're doing the recap of the Bill Street Music Festival Day 3, which is Sunday, May 5th, because of our audio equipment failure while we were in Memphis covering the Bill Street Music Festival. We realized that we're going to have to do all this recap information all over again. Sorry to everybody out there who listens to our festival coverage and we have live clips, conversations with the audience, and have a lot of fun with them as well. But this year, our audio equipment went out and uh, we didn't realize it until two days into it on the very last day. This day, Sunday, May 5th. And hopefully I can give you the recap of what's going on. On this last day of coverage, we saw portions of Public Enemy, Papa Roach, Three Days Grace, and Al Capone. But we also cover the entire show of Vintage Trouble. Before we get started, we want to say special thanks to our festival sponsor, the Best Around Food Concessions. Special thanks to Kevin McGrath for helping us out with our expenses and sponsoring Concert Blast during the Memphis and May Bill Street Music Festival. Our day started with a great breakfast at our hotel, the Doubletree Hotel, and then, as usual... We look for a church to attend. Now, us Concert Blast crew, we're all Christians. We're always looking for a place to worship when we are out of town. And Tom and I discovered and attended an excellent service at a place called High Point Church there in Memphis. It was a very nice service with an excellent worship band with a Bible-teaching preacher. So we went to the service, enjoyed it very much, went back to the hotel. And by the time we returned to the hotel, I checked my email, and I discovered that, hey, we received emails for interviews requests. And so I was looking and reading the details of it all. And I saw that Public Enemies Chuck D and the band Vintage Trouble wanted to talk with us. The request for us was to be at the festival for two interviews at the same time at 2 p.m. So we didn't know what is going to take place. Now, when they say 2 p.m., usually it never falls on the exact time. So we were hoping that... We could get a little bit of both. So we were going to head out and be, try to be there on time to uh, at least get one of these interviews in. Now, since it was getting close to the time of the festival, we got dressed and got our stuff together to leave. And before leaving the festival, we said, let's do some video clips of us at the hotel for a future documentary. Now, that future documentary, that's one of the reasons Steve Shattuck was with us. He was filming us as we progressed with the festival coverage to show everybody how we do things. And so before we left the hotel, we saw a really sort of a neat place to uh, sit up and do some documentary footage of us discussing Concert Blast. So hopefully we'll get that out by the end of the year. So we did a few video clips, and then we loaded up and headed out to 
downtown Memphis Tom Lee Park to start the festival coverage. Now the weather was still cool and overcast. The sun had shone just a little earlier in the day, but the clouds were winning out over to cover up the bright light in the sky. And so as we arrived to the media trailer area, I informed the ones in charge about our interview requests and they informed me that neither one of the artists had arrived yet. Now we were already about 15 minutes late. And after about 30 minutes, we realized that the interviews weren't going to happen until after the show, if they were going to happen at all, because the bands were late. As we set up at the media trailer, we noticed an announcement on the wall. And a lot of the media wanted to cover this act. The performance of AWOL Nation will be canceled due to having trouble trying to get into the Memphis in a timely manner. They have to be there at a certain time, the crew does, to set up. Since they weren't there by that time, their 5 o'clock show was canceled. That's what they do. I, I guess if you have trouble, you're just out of luck, and maybe you don't get paid if you're not there on time. So the Memphis rap group Al Capone were going to be performing in their place. So when we arrived, Al Capone was also going to be playing at the stage right there by our media trailer. So we called a little bit of them. Very energetic and very visual uh, rappers with a band, not with DJs or anything, but they may have had a DJ to enhance the sound, but they did have a, a band, and it was actually a rock band, sort of. So we watched a little bit of Al Capone, and then I said, hey, let's go back and rest in the media trailer and see if we heard anything else. So we checked in with the media people again, and they said, no, the acts still aren't here yet, and it looks like it. It looks like it might be after their performance if they're going to be talking to you. But they'll keep us informed. The Memphis MA media staff had my phone number, so they were going to call me when they heard something. And they were trying to get a hold of all the acts who reached out to us for the interviews. Since we're sitting there and it wasn't time to cover the first act, which was Vintage Trouble, by the way. I think it was like at 3.30. Since no one has got there yet for an interview, Tom and I said, hey, it's time to go eat. We haven't eaten lunch yet. We had a huge breakfast at a buffet at the hotel. And so now it was later in the day and we said, you know what, it's time to eat lunch. Go visit our sponsor, the best all-around concessions. So we noticed one lady photographer in the media trailer. She was just there by herself and we didn't see her on the previous day. We struck up a conversation and found out she worked for the Jackson Sentinel, the Jackson, Tennessee Sentinel, which is oh, probably an hour and a half from Memphis going back towards Nashville. So we asked her if she wanted to join us for lunch, and she said without hesitation, Yes! <laughs> she said she was very hungry and broke. She thanked us a whole lot for the food that we got. Our sponsor covered her lunch, too, so she took some photos as they prepared her food for uh, part of her coverage of the Jackson Sentinel coverage. They also gave me a large bucket of french fries to take back to share with the other media. And, man, they appreciated it. We had a lot of people. Because Fuse was there, the TV network Fuse, since they were there covering the festival, they had a whole crew there with all kinds of equipment, computer feeds and and everything. So since they had a lot of people, we came in there with a big bucket of fries. And, man, a couple of those guys, they they pounced on them pretty quick. They were hungry. So after we watched a little bit more of Al Capone's set, we realized it was time to head to the middle stage, the Orion stage, to cover one of our favorite acts, Vintage Trouble. Now, we first learned about Vintage Trouble, this band from Los Angeles, for being the opening act for the Who's tour. Brian and I saw the Who back in Nashville in December of 2012, and Vintage Trouble was the opening act, and we liked them a lot. So we wanted to see uh, a longer set 
from them. They only played like 30 minutes when they opened for The Who. We love their rock and soul sound. We wanted to see their entire set. We also wanted to have an interview with them, so I was texting their tour manager from the crowd while he was replying from the side of the stage back to me. And what he said is that he had to get with the guys in the band to see what kind of plans they had after the show to see if we were going to be able to do that interview or not. Lead singer Ty Taylor took control of the crowd with his soulful vocals, smooth dancing, and lead frontman ability to get the crowd attention and into the show immediately. Before starting their show, they met in the middle of the stage. And I've never seen this before. It's pretty unique. They met in the middle of the stage in front of the drum set, facing each other, not the crowd, each member shook each other's hand. Then they went to their prospective places on the stage to start the opening number while Ty began belting a soulful gospel-sounding song called High Times, They Are Coming. High times are Why Ty portrayed the Southern Baptist preacher with his vocals, lead guitarist Nally Coat. Now, Nally, N-A-L-L-E, I guess that's how you pronounce his name. I'm going to call it Nally for now, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Lead guitarist Nally Coat had his hands folded and his eyes closed as if he was praying. While Ty was saying, high times, they are coming. Ty led the crowd by saying, let me hear you, Memphis. Then he added, let me hear you, Tennessee. And that got the crowd started. But at first, there weren't that many people there in the audience. The more the show went on, the more people came to the stage area. Ty pranced and danced from one side of the stage to the next while everyone was getting into the show. Vintage Trouble continued with another soul rocker, which is also the single off their album. Their album's called The Bomb Shelter Sessions. A song called Blues Hand Me Down. Papa was a blues man, gave me a blues hand me down. And alligator shoes man, gave me a blues hand me down. Moonshine drinking, doing everything I think and blues hand me down. Racing the wrong way, chasing every step in town. Taking the long way, waiting for the sun to come out. Wheeling, hustling, dealing, and a shuffling. Blues hand me down. the concert continued, more and more people stopped to see their performance. By the time they were finished, there were about 6,000 screaming rockers joining in on the fun. Vintage Trouble also performed the song Total Strangers. with a song about Ty's mother called Nancy Lee. I see you, Nancy Lee. I hope that you see me. 
also did a ballad in which Ty instructed us to tell our friends they are loved. He said too many people take their own lives because they feel nobody cares for them. Then his trouble then began the song Nobody Told Me. I've been withering and dying, trembling from trying, barely crawling. What can I do? What will I do? Nobody told me. Nobody told me. Nobody told me how heavy this life was gonna be. About halfway through the song, Ty began to cry. Later in our interview that we did have with Vintage Trouble, he said he got emotional because there was a girl in the crowd crying during the song, and he knew that she had experienced what he was singing about. Now, this girl also was painted silver, and there's a line in the song about being silver, and she was painted silver, and she was crying. He knew that song touched her in some way. While Ty introduced the next song, he began to slide on some of these waterproof boots before heading out through the muddy festival grounds. And he found himself singing and getting everyone into the song, Run like a river. He was surrounded by the rockers while they were clapping along to the beat, having a great time. Tom made his way back to the stage, see the crowd repeating the words, Run, baby, run. Trouble closed out their show with Run Out of You. the stage in a dramatic fashion one member at a time everyone attending the concert had a great time and bragged about the party sound that they just experienced now the concert was over we waited around the backstage entrance area for the invitation to interview vintage trouble while we were waiting there was a lady eve posh i believe that's her name with her daughter who wanted to talk with them to tell them how much their music kept them through the recent sad time in their life 
We wanted to help her also, but there was nothing we could do, or we would have invited them and about 10 others that we knew out in the crowd into the backstage area to talk with Finnage Trouble. In the meantime, since no one came to get us or text us instructions, we decided that maybe this interview is not going to take place after all, so we headed back to the media trailer to uh, wait around to see if anybody else had heard anything. On the way back to the media trailer, we saw a portion of Public Enemy set. <laughs> when they finished this one song, Chuck D said, Man, that's hard to rap like that for a man my age. He said, I'm in my 50s, and I'm not the oldest one up here. He had all of us laughing. Of course, Flavor Flav had us going too with his stage antics of strutting and dancing and jumping. And I don't know if I'm more impressed with his performance or his ability to move like he does at the age of 54. They had a large crowd, probably, I'm guessing, about 10,000 or more. They performed several of their favorites, including Fight the Power. Let's get down to business, mental self-defense of fitness. Don't rest the show. You got to go to what you know. To make everybody see. In order to fight the power, that be. Fight the power. 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 By the time we made it back through the muddy grounds to the trailer, I discovered I had a missed phone call from Vintage Trouble's tour manager. Then I received a text from him saying that Ty Taylor, the singer, and Richard Danielson, the drummer, were ready to have an interview. I told them that we were on our way with a golf cart escort and we will be there in a few minutes. We were lucky enough that Brian was there also in the media trailer with us, so we had the entire Concert Blast crew getting on the golf carts to be taken and escorted up to the backstage area and into the dressing room, well, actually, the dressing room trailer where Vintage Trouble was assigned. Steve Shattuck handled the video, Brian Hasbrook handled the photography, and Tom Thompson and I handled most of the interview. As we walked into the Vintage Trouble trailer, we met Ty and Richard, and they told us that Rick Dill, the bassist, had to take a flight out immediately, so he's already gone. Then we found out later that Nally Coat went to the blues tent to see someone perform, but he joined us about halfway through our interview. And since our interview lasted about 25 minutes, we are going to have that interview as a separate podcast, exclusive podcast there for Vintage Trouble. So we had a lot of fun, though, talking about all kinds of fun stuff. Even when Ty was on NXS Rockstar, when the bass player Rick moved to Nashville, it came a flood, and then he left. We also talked about Natalie being from Sweden, actually, and how they all got together just in jam sessions there in L.A. I also told them that I reviewed their concert when they were opening for The Who in Nashville. And what was really funny is Ty goes, What'd you say? <laughs> and the drummer Richard picked up on it, too, and he laughed. We all had a lot of fun throughout the interview. Got a lot of questions answered, and I expected it to be about 10 minutes, but by the time we finished, it was like 25. These guys didn't want to stop talking, and I'm very appreciative of that, too. Very easy interview, and I wanted to keep on, but I didn't want to wear out our welcome, too, at the same time. After the interview, we headed back to the media trailer to prepare for our next act to cover. There was Papa Roach performing on the stage by our trailer, and although they had a crowd of about 8,000, we decided not to cover them. Instead, we did a couple of video segments for our documentary. That is, if the documentary happens. And then we hung out for the other media people for a while. Now, the word came into the media trailer 
from the main festival press that the Smashing Pumpkins, who was going to be the headliner there at the stage by the media trailer, decided not to allow photographers in the photo pit. And that's not a good decision, people. When an act decides that, the press usually bashes them. Most of the media people in the trailer said they had planned to cover the next act, Three Days Grace, and then call it a night. Everyone was looking forward to see Smashing Pumpkins, but not anymore. I tell you what, when the photographers don't get into the photo pit, it just changes everything for the act's coverage. Brian had left to get into the photo pit for three days grace while Tom and I were still getting ready to walk through the crowd to see the show. An announcer came on the PA system to get the crowd chanting, Three days grace! Three days grace! (laughs) And they did for a little bit. The intro music started and within minutes the band made it out to start the show with an excellent rocker, Chalk Outline. I've been shattered by the ones I thought I loved You left me here like a shark outline On the sidewalk waiting for the rain To wash away Wash away You keep coming back to the scene of the crime But the dead can't speak and there's nothing left to say anyway Oh, you left me home Man, that's a great song. I love that song. The second song of the night was one of our favorite Three Days Grace's tunes, Just Like You. stage looks like the remains of a war, even with an old Welcome to Las Vegas sign that had been changed and aged and destroyed a little bit. Now, a lot of people might not know this. As of this year, Three Days Grace lead singer left, like back in January. So they were using a new lead singer for the remainder of the tour, and I don't know if this guy's going to be with them for the remainder of the band, but Brad Walsh, the bass player for uh, Three Days Grace, His brother, Matt Walst, is the singer on this tour. Now, although Matt displayed some very powerful vocals and some excellent stage presence, his lack of ability to speak to the audience in in between songs, well, man, it was just very weak. In fact, he only mentioned a couple of lines over and over again. And you could tell what he was going to say when the band stopped in between songs and they just looked at each other and he just didn't know how to talk to the crowd. So he used a couple of lines over and over again that included F-bombs, which is a major turnoff. After about five songs, we've had enough of his filth, and although the band was excellent, we decided to call it a night. Brian and I headed back to the hotel to get some rest before traveling back to Nashville the next day, while Tom and Steve headed back home to Nashville right then when they left the Three Days Grace show. We had another excellent time at the Bill Street Music Festival this year and plan to continue to cover this event every year. That is, as long as our bodies are allowing us to. We want to thank all the Memphis in May staff for being so nice to us, especially those who work with the media. Special thanks to Media Director Tanya Dyson and Executive Vice President Diane Hampton for inviting us. We also want to thank Kevin McGrath and his brother Mike of Best All-Around Concessions 
for sponsoring Concert Blast through the entire festival. And I asked you if you ever go to see a festival or any kind of outdoor event where they have the food concessions there and you see best all around, please tell them the Concert Blast said hello. Thanks again, Kevin, for sponsoring Concert Blast throughout the entire festival. We definitely want to thank our video helper, Steve Shattuck, for helping us with our documentary footage. That is, like I said, if it actually happens. And until next year, this is Mike signing off. Also for Steve, for Brian, and for Tom. Until next time, God bless you, everybody. I want to thank you for letting me be myself again. I didn't get it. My voice is too rough right now.